0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In My Prime. Today is Monday, the 16th of October, and obviously, we have got a Monday Night Football game. We got the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Angeles Chargers. The Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. It's pretty much a pick You got Cowboys minus 125 on the money line, Chargers at plus 105, over under of 50, Alright, so uh, to get into this game, I have one prop that I already gave out on Twitter. And then I also have another prop that is official that I have not given out on Twitter yet. And it's an under, actually. So, um, first of all, I'm going to just talk about the first play I made on Twitter. It is uh, Tony Pollard. I know we've been on this dude two weeks in a row, and he has failed us. But he is due, and uh, he owes us, you know? He's he's going to... He's gonna bring home the coin. So it is Tony Pollard over ninety-two and a half rushing and receiving yards. Uh I played it at minus one fifteen at Caesars. Um uh, let me see where that's at right now. I don't think I moved too much if anything. Um Best available line out for Pollard right now is 94.5 at MGM. If you have three sixty five, you can get ninety three and a half. Uh I'd probably uh and then i play it up to like ninety four and a half, ninety five and a half, you know think that uh this play this play has a uh, more margin because it's just a high line in general and because of Pollard and the uh volume he typically gets anyways so my main edge for this prop actually is that if you look around the NFL there's really two teams that all they do is play in close one score games those two teams are the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Chargers so Obviously, it's a pick em spread, but I don't even think that really matters. I think what matters is that the Chargers are literally always in one score games. It doesn't matter if they're playing up to competition, playing down to competition. It doesn't matter. The games are just always, always close. Dallas has only played in one semi close game this year. Uh, that was against the Cardinals and a loss. And they actually lost by like double digits, but it, it was semi close, you know? Uh, Pollard had 26 touches in that game. I think Pollard's volume has been suppressed heavily due to the fact that they've played in four out of five games that were like massive blowouts so obviously if it's a massive blowout there's no point of of having a running back in the game in the fourth quarter there's no point of overfeeding your running back you know Um, especially especially one uh, like Pollard who is getting a decent amount of money this year and uh he's clearly your guy so it makes sense for Pollard's Paul's volume being a little bit down. So it's also a good matchup against the Chargers. Uh, they are 25th in run D success rate. They also... Um, the reason why I added receiving yards into here um, is because <clears throat> the Chargers, they're like kind of like a funnel for running back targets. Uh, they allow the most running back targets in the league. They allow the most running back receptions and the second most receiving yards. So Pollard, he's just like a big play guy. Uh, I want to capture... His full upside, and if it's like a good matchup, if he's going to get his targets in this spot, um, I just want to get like a get a chance of like say he gets like a forty, he takes a screen a screen pass for like forty, you know, I don't want to miss out on that, and then like he underperforms a little bit on rushing, you know, so I just think he's going to get a ton of touches regar- regardless, and a lot of them are going to be targets. So yep, uh, like I said, plus matchup against the Chargers, um, I'm projecting twenty plus touches. With solid receiving upside, maybe like three or four or five of them being from receptions. Pollard generally is a pretty efficient runner, and in this matchup, he shouldn't have like a he shouldn't really have efficiency problems, I don't think. And yeah, man, like I said, Chargers are playing in it. I know the Cowboys have been just blowed, blow blow, whether it's a win or a loss, but it's a Chargers. So I'm fully expecting this game to be a one score game, Pollard to see an uptick in usage here. All right. Uh, first play, Tony Pollard over ninety-two and a half rushing and receiving. Next play, the play that uh, I have not given out yet. I have this queued up in my drafts right now, going to it. Okay. <clears throat> so it is Justin Herbert under two hundred and seventy-seven and a half passing yards. Uh, I think best actually the best odds on that are at DK. I played it at DK four. Um, sorry, where is this? Okay. Yep, I put it at DK um, minus one fifteen for the under. You can, uh you can get it at minus one twenty five for under two seventy seven. Or honestly, like I'm cool with this thing like down to under like two seventy three and a half, and with like less juice as possible because it's like a big line, you know. So it's it like likely won't come down to like one or two yard difference. But um yeah, man, just try to play like uh, juice under like minus one fifteen, under minus one twenty, or something like that. So um, losing Mike Williams, I think, is, like, being really understated. Like, he is, like, the best field stretcher by a mile on this Chargers team. And what that does is, like, obviously he helps you stretch the field with, like, big plays. But it also kind of, like, opens everything up underneath. It opens, um, let's, like, Palmer, Johnston, those guys get less defensive attention. Same with the tight ends. And, yeah, man, I I think that um, it was kind of, proven by that last game. If we look at last last week, first game without Mike Williams, Herbert actually only had 167 passing yards and they could have been like way, way lower too. Because on the last play of the game outside of their kneel downs, Herbert threw a 51 yard bomb to Josh Palmer. So literally until the last last official play of the game, Herbert was like under 120 passing yards. He only attempted 24 passes that well and obviously that probably does go up a little bit. But I think Los Angeles, they are clearly open to running the ball like when it's working for them, you know? And also, because um, pass attempts are like, like it's not like they had a time of possession issue here. It's like they just had, they just elected to be run heavy, maybe because the passing game wasn't really working that well without Mike Williams. So if we look at last year too, Herbert without Mike Williams, um, so one game he had 43 passing attempts. I'm, I'm including the passing attempts because, I kind of think it speaks to like how much volume Herbert was having last year, and I don't think the volume will be the same through there in this game. But uh, 43 passing attempts, 245 yards only. 35 passing attempts, 196. 47 passing attempts, 274, and then 47 passing attempts and 335. So obviously that uh, 47 for 335 is a really solid game, but that's still a ton of passing attempts, and obviously that's a pretty low uh yards per attempt that he's had in those uh games though Williams last year and yeah I really just don't expect a ton of volume here for a couple reasons uh, a lot of passing volume for a couple reasons so they get Austin Eckler back and um Austin Eckler is like a big upgrade even as a runner to Josh Kelly but also Josh Kelly I think could be a little bit more efficient too if he wasn't being like I just don't think he can really be a workhorse in this league and then maybe he's like a like a backup running back and where he's playing less snaps he can be a little more efficient with his touches anyways yeah Eckler back that's huge for the run game rushing volume should see a decent uptick too compared to when they just had Kelly back there um Eckler obviously is a great receiver too but all his work is like underneath so uh his like yards per target aren't going to be very high honestly I'd rather have if I'm taking a yards under I'd rather have a lot of running back targets rather than like shots downfield or something so I, I don't think that that's really too much of a big deal uh, you also look at Dallas. Uh, they somehow, they rank dead last in success rate against a run. So good matchup for the Bolts to be able to try and establish that run very effectively. And uh, one thing another, another, thing I wanted to point out is um, I'm going to go back to week one when the Chargers played the Dolphins, and they just found a ton of success on the ground with Eckler and Kelly. I'm not saying that's going to be the case here, but I mean, if Dallas, if the advanced metrics aren't wrong about Dallas, and they actually aren't very good at stopping the run, I mean, we literally saw Kellen Moore call a game with uh, 32 rushing attempts for the running backs and uh, 33 passing attempts for Herbert. And that was, like, at full strength, too, against, like, a shitty Miami defense. So I'm just saying, um, if the Chargers do find success on the ground, like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they actually go much more run-heavy than pass-heavy, especially without Mike Williams. So that was dead last success right against the run and of course Dallas isn't just like an easy matchup through the air either you know uh just like based off of the sheer amount of pressure they can generate like it's a tough matchup you know like uh Chargers O-line is fine but Dallas's O-line is elite Dallas is coming off of a pretty ugly loss i expect them to play hard be locked in in this spot and they really do they really do have like a top 3 for sure uh top 3 at generating pressure in the NFL And that's just never a good thing, man. Like, Cowboys, their past defense has been pretty good. They played some pretty shitty quarterbacks, but um, four out of five quarterbacks against Dallas, they have stayed under their passing lines. So it's kind of, like, irrelevant to your matchup um, if you're letting opponents still stay under their pass lines. All in all, um, I think that Mike Williams' absence is being, like, very undervalued here. Uh, It's a really nice matchup on the ground for the Chargers to take advantage of Dallas, and they also do have Eckler back. Dallas also generates a ton of pressure. Never good for passing him, but especially taking shots downfield, and you don't really have downfield weapons, anyways. Yeah, man, I, I just see a lot of outs here. I think, like, for Herbert to go over this line, you need some crazy yak plays. Um, maybe, like, a crazy negative game script. Maybe, um, I don't know, man. I just think that, like, the run game could work and that could be an out. Herbert could be ineffect- ineffective without mike williams and that could easily be an out dallas pass rush could make uh stuff really tough that could be an out and yeah man I, I just think that this is a really steep ask without someone who's like a. I think i believe to be a very very good receiver and obviously we saw it against vegas where he had little no success at all i, I don't know if i mentioned this but quentin johnson i bet on him week four because Chargers had a bye last week this dude I, I want him to succeed, but if I'm going to be honest, like what my eyes are telling me is that he's just, he needs time to crispen up his routes, to develop his hands, to get more on page with Herbert. Like he seems like he barely really even got targeted. And that's probably like, um, because of the things I just mentioned of him being like so raw and like he just didn't really look ultra coordinated out there. He is, um, you think like you you think to compare him to like Mike Williams just based off of their sheer size and athleticism, but QJ, although I think he could have a bright future, um, he's just not there yet, man. And he he really is like a huge huge fall off from Mike Williams as of now. So, oh, I wanted to mention that because I know a lot of people might just like assume that he could slot into that role and be fine, but I I truly do think it's a big drop off. And also, Josh Palmer randomly got on the injury report, so that's that's never good all right so herbert under 277 passing yards is another play i really really like for tonight now that's my two plays let's get into the recap portion of this week so it was it was a decent week i'll be honest um i was seven and three heading into sunday night football i had damian harris over 18 and a half rushing yards um got hurt oh uh, so yeah we'll talk about the losses first damian harris over 18 and a half rushing yards uh he, honestly, I could, like, sit here and, like, play the victim oh victim of an injury. He probably wasn't going to hit. <laughs> Latavius Murray was, like, weirdly getting, like, a ton of, like, run before him, which, like, wasn't the case last week. Um, he had, like, one carry for, uh, he got his first carry, like, I think it was late in the second quarter or something like that. Took it for one yard and then got hurt pretty badly, actually. I think I saw that he's all good and he got he has, like, a neck issue, but it's nothing, nothing uh, terrible, which is good but yeah uh and also the game was like complete opposite game script that i had i think the giants were up six nothing at half so it's not like harris was about to get a lot of garbage time run and like his time was just coming so that play was probably caked even though he got injured i'm not gonna like say like oh dude he got injured and that's like the reason why i lost like i mean he could have hit but was it likely probably not <laughs> another play uh same game i uh bet Josh Allen over 13 and a half rushing yards live at halftime and so my theory on that is I came into the game I was actually like really like close to playing a juice Josh Allen under six and a half rushing attempts so why the hell am I betting an over well my handicap on the under was that he his design runs have been way down he's been under that in all games but um but the reason why I st- – I uh, and then also, I obviously, they were like 15-and-a-half-point favorites. So I thought that they were going to kill the Giants. And then when you kill a team, it's like mobile quarterbacks who don't always use their legs are kind of like less incentivized to run, obviously, when they're blowing them out. They just uh, want to keep their keep their body safe. Um, and then, yeah, man, so they're way less incentivized to run. But the reason why I held off playing it is because the Giants are a very man-heavy defense – blitz a decent amount so I thought that there was like a case where maybe he could scramble a ton here so when I see at halftime that the Giants are actually up 6-0 and they're getting the ball out of halftime the Bills offense is struggling Allen isn't running at all I'm like damn so Allen definitely can run against this defensive scheme and now that it's actually a really competitive game he's going to need to like put on the line a little bit more risk it a little bit more so that was my thought process for betting it. Uh Allen rushed for two for eleven in the second half. I thought he had a chance to run on like the last offensive play of the game for them, where he tried to hit Dawson Knox and incomplete like he was on the on his move to the right on the move to the right. And you wanna like typically keep the clock running in that situation. So I thought he was about to run it, but he tried making the pass. Fell up short, incomplete. Uh but yeah, man. So came up a little bit short on that. I, I don't regret it though. I, I that's like a read that i look at completely and i realize like that that's exactly a spot that i look for live in a game Uh, when the game script goes different and then you change your priors on what you had on the game so don't regret it a lot of people sometimes see like a live bet loss and like assume chasing no that's not the case this is like a spot that i truly genuinely liked and would play again and again and again over and over again so all good over here but that came up short Another one that came up short was Jonathan Mingo over 3.5 receptions. And this is kind of funny, actually, because in my write-up I had, oh, yeah, Adam Thielen, like, over the last four games, he's been averaging, like, 10 receptions or some shit. Like, if we're being honest, like, he's kind of due to regress a little bit. We know he's not, like, a 9, 10 reception guy. So I think that he could be due for some regression here. It'll definitely start hitting. This dude, Thielen, picked up another casual 10 receptions. So uh, not much else to go around for everyone else. Uh, the Panthers actually had a little bit more success on the ground than I anticipated on, especially with Miles Sanders being out. So they were they passed a lot, but I thought that maybe they would have to pass like, a little bit more. And yeah, man, it was just a Thielen dominate, tar- t- dominate the targets again. Not enough to go around for Mingo. So came short on that one. Another one is uh, CJ Stroud, over 221.5 passing yards. Um, I think he came up like 20 yards short or so. Um, I watched like a decent amount of that game. He had a lot of chunk plays. His success rate was kind of whack. I, I don't really know what else to say. The Saints defense played pretty good for sure. But I think that Stroud also just wasn't on his A game completely. The Texans had a little bit more success, especially Devin Singletary specifically, had a little bit more success running the ball than I thought. The uh, Saints just could not score in the red zone, so they couldn't really put a lot of pressure on them to keep to throw at a high rate. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Stroud was like under fifty percent completion. I I I didn't really watch it closely enough to know if that was Stroud playing bad or the Saints playing good. So, that one was like another loss. Don't really have much to say. I I really like the read coming in, so I'll 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 live with it. Lamar Jackson, another loss, over two hundred twenty-five and a half passing yards. I had him. He had two hundred and twenty-three passing yards, so that kind of sucks for like to be like that close. Like, let me quick see. So we needed two twenty-three divided by two twenty-six. Yeah, he was ninety-eight point seven percent of the way there. No cigar. He was close. Um Titans didn't really put up much of a fight. They were Lamar had a lot of success himself running the ball. Um yeah, man, I don't really have much else to say. I also missed a lot of that game. I, I don't, I can't really get up after like a long night out because I I went out on Saturday night, so you know your boy was a little bit hungover on Sunday morning. So I don't, I didn't really get out of bed in time to like watch that whole game. But it's kind of caught the second half, and uh, yeah, Lamar comes up just a little bit short there, which sucks. Let's get into the winners. Uh, Rashad White under forty seven and a half rushing yards. This one is really easy. We got a nice game script. Uh, I my priors were I didn't really think it was going to be a big game script thing, but obviously I did kind of think that the Lions were obviously, like a much better team than the Bucks. Rashad White, um, he was like seven rushing attempts for like twenty six rushing yards. Really tough matchup. We got uh, we got some favorable game script on our side, and yeah, I, I love fading Rashad White because he just does not look explosive at all out there. Zeke over 28 and a half rushing yards. Patriots offense looked like terrible to start and their defense looked terrible too, but they kind of found a way to scrap fight. Um, Zeke had like one really, really good drive where he uh, just was able to get some chunks and uh, I think he finished like 35-ish rushing yards, even in like a non-super ideal game strip because Patriots did kind of get dominated on the time of possession there and got down decently early. But, uh, yeah, Zeke just had one good drive, and that was enough for it against a pretty bad Raiders defense. Deontay Foreman, this is a one-and-a-half unit play, the only non-one-unit play I had. Deontay Foreman, over 44-and-a-half rushing yards. Honestly, if I'm being honest, like I was like sweating this one pretty hard. Like Darrington Evans, some dude they assigned off the street, was way more involved than I thought. But Deontay Foreman, let me go see what he finished with. Like, if you like look back at his stats... um. He finished 15 for 65 on the ground, so he cleared this line pretty easily, but it it actually was more of a sweat than he thought. But, yeah, man, DeAndre Foreman's a good runner, and if he um, gets another opportunity to be involved next week, I think that he's a good bet on again because he's just a really solid runner, and uh, Fields is hurt, so, I mean, that's something to keep an eye on, but that one came through somewhat easy. Next one, Zach Moss under 46.5 rushing yards. This one was also really easy. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, let me go check the snaps, actually. Uh, I, I know Jonathan Taylor outcarried Moss 8-7 to seven in a game that was like a very, very negative game script, obviously. But Jonathan Taylor, uh, in second game back, we saw him play. Okay, so he only played 42% of the snaps. That's kind of a little bit weird. Anyways, uh, Jaguars run defense walked up both of them held them both under three yards of carry Jacksonville's running defense is very very good like another game that we kind of got got a uh, favorable game script in our hand for sure but um I think I was pretty on with like Taylor being way more involved and also the really just tough matchup on the ground and also the Jaguars are the better team than the Colts so like we can't be su- super surprised when we see them get out to a de- decent lead against them especially at home too so I really really like that under read too this one uh Raheem Mostert under 17 and a half rushing attempts. I kind of I don't fe- actually no, I don't feel bad because I do this for free. But I I do like I do this for free. I give people out plays for free, so I don't feel bad. But I um so this under 17 and a half line was only available on FanDuel and Prop Builder. So I I put tweeted out and screenshot the line said 17 and a half. It's really it's up to you guys if you guys don't have access to FanDuel or Prop Builder. Then, just don't play it if you don't want to play a different line, you know? It's like, someone was, like, complaining in, like, the comments about, like, I'll, co- I'll count it as a win. Like, damn right, I'll count it as a win. I fucking took a screenshot of the line, I tweeted it out right away after I played it. Like, I don't know what else you want me to do, bro. Like, if you don't if you don't have access to that same line, just, to, just don't play it. Like, you're not, I don't have a gun to your head saying, like, fucking kill my props now! Like, no. Like, that's not, that's not happening. Like, so... In the future, man, if um, if I give out a line, and it's not widely available, but it is available, and you don't have access to that same line, just don't play it, okay? And I don't, I don't want to hear complaining in the comment section about me counting it as a win. Like, why, why does that, why does that affect you if I count a play as a win that I played? You know, it's like I'm just out here playing what I play. So, yeah, sorry that I didn't count it as a loss just because you played under. Fourteen and a half and a half rushing attempts. Okay, uh, next winner is Chris Olave, over 56 and a half receiving yards. Like I said, man, this dude was doomed. He was doomed. A star receiver coming off of two really, really quiet games. You get a nice dome game. And uh Texas defense that just allowed like Ritter to go off. So, um, yeah, man, and his air yards were super, super high going in. And I, I truly am a believer in being due and buying low and selling high i think that like genuine like i genuinely do believe that if someone has two bad two really bad games like obviously bad they have the same role maybe they just got unlucky in the game scripts maybe they just had a bad game you know they are due like they are like i truly truly do believe that and i think that could like genuinely be enough for like an analysis but i just don't want to I want to just sound like smart to yell, So that's why I don't do it. But Olave was due and he hit in a big way. Next play. This one was like a beautiful read to Drake London over 43 and a half receiving yards. <clears throat> so yeah, we all know that the Falcons wander on the ball, but like if you like look at their games recently, like since that Panther game, they like really haven't been able to run the ball. Like teams just key in on them. Teams just dare Ritter to beat them. That's what they've been doing. And the Falcons, I think Ritter's strong for like back-to-back 300-yard games, so I don't know the Falcons are playing next week, but if they're playing any sort of like decent run defense, like, watch out because this Falcons team really cannot run the ball, and when you can't run the ball, like you Arthur Smith does not want to pass at all but you kind of have to when the run game has just been so bad so, well, uh, yeah London, he's just clear-cut the one He he's a very talented guy, and, and he got off for a really slow start this year, but He's a, like he was the number one pick in the draft for last uh, for a reason last year. Put up a big rookie year given his situation last year too. So was happy with that Reed. And uh, the Commanders secondary like continues to suck ass against like they they give up they just give up monster games every week to like opposing wide receiver ones it seems like. So Drake London continue, London continued that. Let me see who the Commanders play next week because I I actually like wanna. I actually want to fade them, bro. I, I genuinely want to fade whoever, whoever is the water or back whoever is the widest receiver one against the commanders. So we got, Oh, sorry. I'm having trouble bringing this up. Oh, the giants. Great. <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm going to back, um, whoever Darius Slayton against them, even though he probably could have a good game because the commanders, I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a, that's a recap for the week. Um, Final record for, was 7-5 and five plus 2.04 units for the Sunday slate. I mean, I'm not going to complain about profit, but I wanted to have a better week for sure. So a little bit unfortunate, but can't complain. Got Tony Pollard over 92.5 rushing and receiving. Justin Herbert under 277.5 passing yards for tonight. Hopefully we can get two wins here and uh, end the week on a high note. So we are still minus 3.71 units on the year. Like, could I please just get two tonight, bro? Like, I just, I, I hate seeing that minus in my bio so, mad, so much, dude. Like, I've genuinely, like, rarely been down units in NBA, NFL. Like, especially this deep in a season. So, can we please just get two and then get, like, one on Thursday night and then just, like, go on, like, a nice little streak? I don't know, man. That's what I hope. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Best of luck on your wagers tonight for Monday Night Football. Hope you guys had a good Sunday. Hopefully you guys made some money. And yeah, y'all have a good rest of your day.